You're listening to the Conversations in Speech Pathology podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Steppen, and this is episode 14. Welcome back to another edition of the Conversations in Speech Pathology podcast. Today on the show, we're going to be talking about DonorsChoose.org. Now, how many of you have heard about that? That many? Okay, that's pretty good. Um, DonorsChoose. I, you know, I knew about this organization for a while. It's sort of one of those things where I've heard of the website. I sort of knew what they did, but never investigated it myself. Well, I'm going to be talking to just a great guest today. His name is Tom Scholl. Tom, in the Boston area, comes to me via Dr. Gregory Loff, who you'll remember from the eighth episode. And so again, another shout out to Dr. Greg Loff. Thank you for this one. Tom is a speech pathologist who has become a kind of a point person in the Northeast, and if not the, the country, as far as a speech pathologist who is successfully getting projects funded at DonorsChoose.org. DonorsChoose is a crowdfunding site for the education field. So if you're a teacher or a related service personnel working in the school districts, and this is only in the United States, by the way, Donors Choose is a great place to go if you are low on resources. If your funding has been cut, if you want to buy a new curriculum, if you're looking to fund a field trip, if you want to fund an iPad, and you can come up with a good reason for it and a compelling story, you would put this on Donors Choose. And folks from all over the country they look at every single day, they look at uh, different projects that are being uh, funded or not funded. They can choose to donate as little as a dollar to you. And um, hopefully you'll get your project funded. And Tom has become very successful. He's funded over $15,000 worth of projects of varying amounts. And you'll hear all about how he does it on today's episode. Tom's even developed a webinar on uh, using donorschoose.org. And uh, so I'm really, really, really excited. I think this is a really good episode. And I think for USLPs working in the schools, this is something you should definitely be checking out. It's almost like Tom says this in the episode, you'd almost be crazy not to, given what's out there. Unless, of course, you come from a district that has just a lot of money and says no to you just about, you know, never. (laughs) So anyway, we also talk about cued speech. Tom spent much of his career in the world of cute speech. We'll talk about what cute speech is and why Tom's found it so beneficial for his clients over the years. And of course, we begin our conversation talking about Tom's background working in Hollywood. And I'm um, just going to jump right in there. Thanks for listening. I did back when Dr. Greg Loff gave me your name in the first place. And you know, the first time I think the first time I looked you up, I saw your your web page and I think your LinkedIn profile. But then I came across a couple of things that were kind of interesting today. One is um, it was some other page. God, I should have this site with me. Why does that make me nervous? No, 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 no. This is it's it's kind of cool. I didn't know that you used to work in the industry in L.A. I did, I did. Yeah, uh, I worked in uh, TV and movies for a while. Yeah, then that, that's really cool. I mean, I'm sure you. It's a great conversation starter at any cocktail party. People always want to hear about what it's like to work in the industry. They want dirt, right? It's true. Well, and when you work out there, like when you when you do it, everybody has a story. So yeah. uh, when you tell them, it's not it's not um, name dropping out there. It is out here, though. <laughs> so so you have to be kind of careful with the stories. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I met a lot of celebrities. Wow, that's uh, do you have any memorable stories or something that you uh, one of your favorites? 
Uh, one of my favorites. So I worked on a movie called uh, We Were Soldiers. Um, oh, yeah. And part of my job was we went to the table read. I can't tell you the really good story. Okay. <laughs> but I'll, maybe I'll save that for another time. Okay. Uh, but um, one of the things that I had to do was I had to go down and meet uh, Mel Gibson and take him up. And um, we were all going to have lunch. And, um, <clears throat> and it was just funny because I was standing there talking to him. And I introduced myself, but I didn't realize that there was an arm, the parking gate arm had been up the whole time. And I didn't realize I was standing right under it. So as I met him, the arm started to come down and he grabbed me <laughs> and pulled me out of the way. And I was like, all right, Mel Gibson just saved my life. He saved okay. your life. <laughs> or at so least saved you, you from a hospital ER visit, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, that's a good story. I like that. Uh, so you, So you went out to LA, you worked out there, and then you... I want to get the bio right. You somehow, uh, I, I read some bio that you somehow discovered, well, you discovered cute speech while you were in college because you had a, a roommate or someone that you knew in college whose sibling uh, was deaf or hard of hearing, correct? Yeah, that's right. So I have uh, one of my best friends is um, um, Susie McGlone. She's she's kind of, um, uh, her family was really well known in, in cute speech. And um she started telling me that she had a deaf sister. And so I asked, you know, all the usual questions like, so you must use sign language, you must use this and that. And she said, no, I use this other thing called cute speech. And instead of explaining it, why don't I just teach it to you and then you'll understand it better. Mm -hmm. And so she taught me at a party in college and, um, and I loved it. I thought it was so amazing and cool. And I, and it wasn't until later on when I really discovered linguistics and phonology and phonetics, that the power of cute speech really became clear to me. Um, and uh, it's just an amazing tool. It's very cool. Yeah. Now, how is it, just for the folks who are, you know, I don't even know much about cute speech, to be quite honest. Now, how, how is it differentiated from uh, American Sign Language, for instance? So uh, American Sign Language is a, is a completely different language. And so you have signs that stand for concepts, and a lot of times we, you know, hearing people tend to think, oh, this is the sign for table. And they think this is the sign for the English word table. But it, it isn't. Mm -hmm. um, when you sign, it links to the, the actual object, not to the English word. And so someone could grow up using ASL and not know any English at all. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's no sense of syllables. The syntax is different. Um, certainly, there, the, there's no um, English phonology built into the signs. Um, and then there were some attempts to try to make signing more English-like, and those didn't work out so well for us. Um, you know, people thought, oh, what if we take the signs and make them more Englishy and add a uh, initialized sign and put it in English word order? And we found that that didn't show English, and it also didn't show ASL. So it was sort of like, you know, neither one. Mm -hmm. So the children got no language at all. Um, they just got this invented sign system, and that wasn't very good. Okay. But, um, you know, ASL is, an, is a great language. You can convey anything. It's, um, it's a great language. It's a beautiful language. Um, yeah. the, only, the only problem is that if you want to learn English and you want literacy, we know that literacy is based on a foundation of the oral language that you've acquired over time. So if you, when you go to learn to read, you already have a ton of words, world knowledge, and all that other stuff that you sort of bring to bear on reading. So, sure. so, so this guy came up, yeah, sorry. So this guy ahead. came up with cued speech, and he mm -hmm. kind of figured out, so 
if you need access to the phonemes or the building blocks of language, but you can't hear, then lip reading isn't enough. Mm. So you have like something like m, b, and p are three building blocks of English. I mean, you use those to make different words. So you can say bin or pin, um, bomb, mop. You can rearrange them in different ways to make words. But if you lip read, they're going to look the same because it's just compression of your lips. Right. So the distinguishing um, features were lost, and he reintroduced distinguishing features with the hand. So you move your hand around your face, and you actually reintroduce new distinguishing features. And so English phonology becomes 100% clear. It's just visually distinct. So mm-hmm. it makes English a visual language for deaf people. Now, you know, as I envision cute speech, I, I sort of... Uh... I sort of envision almost like someone doing uh, almost prompt type uh, therapy on themselves. You, you know where I'm coming from here? <laughs> right. So it's like, yeah. you know, you think like touch cues right, or right. like um, visual phonics and those kinds of things. Well, it's interesting uh, because there are groups that, you know, thought, okay, well, I'm going to do visual phonics and that's going to help um, kids with reading. And cute speech is like about helping kids with speech. And that's not what we found. So the, the, the issue with visual phonics is that it's really hard to do whole long words in visual phonics. And you certainly wouldn't do visual phonics for sentences, right? Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. But cute speech is designed so that you do um, consonants um, with your hand shape. So consonant phonemes with your hand shape. And where you touch is the following vowel so that you can do syllables with a single touch. and it's really cool. And then um, what that means is you can cue in real time. So you have conversations. So people just have casual conversations and cued speech through cued speech. That's a very efficient way. Oh, very. And kids just acquire the language passively, which Mm -hmm. we didn't think, I mean, who would have thought that could even happen, that you could just cue at a deaf child and they would just acquire English passively. Right, right. So now, what what is the... uh, prevalence of cute speech in the deaf community uh, is it how widespread is it right now well so so deafness is a tiny group <laughs> yeah. and then you take that tiny group and then you divide them up into all the different subgroups which would be uh, you could do it linguistically and it would be you know you've got asl users you've got oral lip readers you've got um, cochlear implant users who are told not to use anything mm. um yeah. you, you know and so it's a tiny fraction. So cute speech is a, is a small group. Yeah. And do, do you, I, I would take it that perhaps using cute speech in combination with a cochlear implant might lead to some pretty good uh, exactly. gains. Exactly. I mean, they're actually perfect together because the, the information that you get through uh, the implant will actually map one-to-one with what you see visually and unambiguously. Yeah. So you could cue... And listen, and then you could also therapeutically fade cues, bring cues back, um, and that would really help with with the processing of the the you know auditory information as it comes in. Now, I would also guess that for a parent of a deaf child, that cute speech might be easier to learn than ASL. Not that I'm choosing sides here. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> no. I'm just just from what I've learned, just from what I know about it, from what you told me, from the little no, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm. I'm very pro ASL. So, yeah. um, so that's not an issue for me. But the cool thing about cueing is 
um, queuing doesn't replace ASL. It lets ASL stand for one thing, mm -hmm. because then ASL can just be ASL and you can just sign that language. But then queuing is what you want to use for a spoken language. So for a hearing parent um, who already knows a language, learning to queue means you're just learning the modality. Right. So you know the syntax, you know all the vocabulary, um, you have all the grammar that's in your head, and you just need to cue it. So it's different than language learning, where you have to learn the modality and all the language rules. Right. right. And for a parent, you have to model the language. I mean, you know, if someone said, oh, here's, a, here's your new child, Tom, and um, why don't you do Icelandic? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, Starting how are you going to model from, yeah. from scratch, right, which yeah. a lot of parents have to do. Yeah, that's no, very interesting stuff. So you've been doing, uh, so you, you got the, the cute speech bug. You, I know you, you did that for a number of years, and then you went back and got a degree in speech pathology, correct? That's right. Okay. And now you still do cute speech, right? Right. And in addition to that, you're working as an SLP, both in the schools and a private practice. <laughs> right. You're a busy guy. Uh, right. You also do accent modification. I do. I, I do. I love it. Now, I would think that the cute speech background uh, really, you know, can really help, uh, especially because you're so tied into the visual medium. You you have a good appreciation of, uh, you know, phonetics, and uh, you probably very easily picked up on uh, issues that some of your clients were having uh, very early on. Yeah, I you know, it was something that I had thought about for a while of starting this private practice. And I, I talked to um, Greg Loff about it, and, and he's always been uh, a really great um, supporter and, and encouraging to me. And I, I was nervous. I was really scared because we don't really get training in this, per se. Um, you know, you get training in phonetics and all these disorders. But, you know, we always sort of learn that accents are a difference you know, so you sort of leave them alone and, and we don't really learn how to, how to tackle them. Right. Um, so I was nervous. Would I know what to do with these clients? And, and you're exactly right from teaching cued speech for 25 years and having to cute speech has to adapt to the person's accent. So if somebody says, you know, Hey, Tom, I'm going to go see the Sox play, you know, can we buy you a car? Yeah. You would cue that exactly how they said it. Um, and so I had to be very tuned to accents and dialects yeah. and, um, and then once I started doing it, it was just, I was like, oh yeah, no, this is it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always, I, I had interviewed one other, um, Kathy Reynolds, uh, in the smart palette episode. And I have to say, I, I, it's a little bit of a regret. I wish I had, uh, perhaps tried that. I think it would be a lot of fun. It sounds like a lot of fun at least. It is. And they, you know, they make these amazing gains and they're so happy and it's really cool to see the surprise. And, um, when you tell them things like, Oh, actually we say, could you with more of a J sound? And they're like, what, <laughs> like, yeah. how is that possible? I'm like, I know, I know. Yeah. So how many have you, have you had a lot of clients already in the accent? Have you, I have, it's, um, okay. business is booming. Um, you know, Boston is, um, is a town with a lot of foreign students, and, um, oh, and sure. I've also been doing some, uh, using Skype and, and different online, um, means, and that's been super fun too. You know, you should, you know, I'm sure you've already thought of this. You should tap into your Hollywood connections, actors preparing for roles. I mean, you know, who better? I, I thought of that. I mean, I, 
it's, it would be fun for me not only to help someone acquire an American accent, but to have someone acquire some other accent. Yeah. I think that would be really fun. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, not to shift gears 180 degrees here, but we also <laughs> wanted to talk about Donors Choose. That's, uh, right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So let me, let me uh, tell you about, uh, and I, I'm going to tell the audience, by the way, today, this afternoon, as I, as I Googled your name again, I actually came across a webinar that you had conducted <laughs> on this subject of donors choose. I should put that up on the links after uh, on the show notes. After oh, the show. Yeah, if you don't idea. mind, that is. No, that'd be great. And so here, okay, I'm going to tell you something. I, I, I had heard, I think, of donors choose uh, prior to Dr. Loft telling me about you and your work. I'm, I remember hearing it from someone. And so after we talked, we talked on the phone back in August and I looked up the website and I actually put my own uh, project up there. Oh, good. All right. Now, here's <laughs> here's the funny thing. Um, so far, and I haven't checked in a week or so. I haven't got, I put it up at least a month ago, I think, about a month ago. I haven't really had any response so far, at least none that I know of. And so here's the first thing that I was thinking. I'm like, oh, I get it. What you have to do, I'll bet this is one of those things where the way Tom got his uh, projects funded, he probably went to his, you know, sent the links over on Facebook asked all of his family and friends, and he probably has a huge network of people, and that's how I got funded. And then I'm looking at your webinar. I didn't see the whole thing. I just sort of went through different sections. And one of the things that you, uh, one of your PowerPoint, I don't know if it was a PowerPoint, one of your slides essentially said, you don't have to do that. In fact, I, you know, most of my projects aren't funded that way either. And you had another slide basically saying that 70% of all donations coming in, or 70% of all uh, projects on Donors Choose are actually funded. Um, so did I get that right? Yeah, you're exactly right. So it, I mean, I can give you some tips and some, and some strategies. Um, when someone first mentioned, um, donors choose to me, I just thought it seemed kind of far-fetched. Um, you know, it's like, okay, well, one more thing to do and it may or may not pan out. Um, and I mean, you know, it's like when you work in a, in a public school, like resources are scarce you may not even have a place to go. I mean, yeah. You know, it's like what other professional in a school is like doing their job in a hallway. I mean, it's absurd, yeah, right? Yeah. So the idea to me of trying one more thing that may or may not pan out, um, I, I wasn't so, so sure, but it has been the one of the most important uh, things that I've done for my practice in, in the public schools. Yeah. Now you've raised over thirteen thousand dollars. Is that right? I'm up to about fifteen now. And that's that's that, that's how many different projects, by the way? Um, twenty some, twenty, twenty five or so. Okay. So do they range in price uh, or or uh, funding wildly? I mean, if you ask for like a hundred dollars here, a thousand dollars there, or is there the, the minimum is a hundred dollars, and okay. then they do have certain fees that that they put on to support the website. Uh, but they're they're small, and you know I'm 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 super happy to support the website because they've certainly supported me and mm-hmm. and my students. Um, but yeah, I've done some big projects. Uh, I can look and see what my biggest project was. Uh, over two thousand dollars for my biggest project. Wow, pretty but cool. Y- yeah, I mean it's just been huge. By the way, I what if I sounded distracted? I just donated to your project. <laughs> Thank <laughs> um, you. You didn't have to do that. <laughs> Well, it's funny because I looked and there were no donors. And so one of my biggest tips that I tell people is always be your first donor okay. um, because no one wants to give 
no one wants to go to the party that no one's at yet. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. be your first donor. Um, and, and the other thing is for each, um, we should probably set this up better than this because we're already sort of into the tips and tricks. But, yeah. um, you know, the more unique donors that you have, the higher you go up sort of in the ranks to sort of be closer to the front pages where people find you better. And once you get to a front page, I remember seeing my project on the front page of Donors Choose. It had made it all the way up. And I was funded within 20 minutes. So what do you mean by unique donors? Just so, mean, just uh, go ahead. So I'm, I, I was the first donor. So that's me. And so if you give, that's you. If you give again, you still only have two unique donors. Okay. So it, it kind of looks at the percentage. So there are different things that help you move up. Um, how many unique donors do you have? Um, what percentage of your total has been funded? Mm-hmm. And then how much time do you have left? Because you only have a few months to get all your funding. So right. the closer you get to the deadline, the more urgent it becomes. Mm, okay. And okay, so yeah, I think that I've read today there's about a four month limit on all projects, correct? I think that. I, I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. So let's go back to the whole Facebook thing and social media. Now, when you post a project, do you typically go to your, do you send that a link to all your Facebook contacts or LinkedIn? Sometimes, sometimes. And and sometimes people get really uptight. Like, I'm not begging my friends and family for money. And I tell them, well, then don't. I mean, don't beg them for money. Um, but what I found is if I just put it up and say, this is, this is here. You know, I don't go for anyone in particular. I just say, this is out there. Um, And there are people who want to give to my classroom, who want to support my students. And so, you know, my sisters and um, friends, I have certain friends that are always super supportive um, and give. But most of my donors are strangers. Um, And I've used some social media. The first project I ever did, I was so scared it wasn't going to be funded. I was, you know, beating every bush trying to get donations. and I tweeted a ton uh, about it um, to celebrities and different people. And and actually, two of my projects were funded by uh, Rosie O'Donnell. Um, oh, really? And, yeah, which is just awesome. But uh, and I don't know her. Um, she, I had tweeted um, and asked for retweets from some people, and they had retweeted Kathy Ireland. And um, Kathy Ireland and Rosie O'Donnell follow me. I have a classroom Twitter account um, where I talk about speech pathology stuff. And, yeah. um, and you know, um, Rosie funded two of my projects. That is so cool. <laughs> Super cool. I'm, you know, I was a fan before. I'm a huge fan now. She's pretty awesome. Yeah. No, that's wonderful. So what other, um, okay, so let's look at my project. So <laughs> what other tips? Let's, now, yes, I'm, let's I'm back squeamish. To your yeah. Uh, by the way, I don't have, um, I won't get into it. I don't have a Facebook account anymore. Um, okay. I'm based, I'm basically on LinkedIn. I just, I haven't even, been, I just opened a Twitter account about two months ago or three months ago, something like that. I haven't even been on Twitter and God knows how long. So, I mean, if let's say I don't want to, and I'm not comfortable doing that. I am with you a hundred percent. I trust me. I get it. Yeah. But so I did a couple of things. Um, I created one for my classroom and to me, that's different. It's, it's just fun. Uh, so the things I kind of do is if I see something that I think is really interesting about the field, I put it out there. Sometimes I might carefully gripe about my district <laughs> mm-hmm. carefully and I might tweet that out. Um, and then, um, 
The other thing is I, I have one thing that's just fun for me, and I don't mind tweeting this kind of stuff, is I do something called Today in Speech Therapy as the tag. Mm-hmm. And if, if a kid, if a student just does something that is so hilarious or so great, um, I might just have to tweet it and, you know, of course, maintain confidentiality. But um, sometimes those things just have to be released into the world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you would you would tweet this uh, to people to in social media and hopefully or you know maybe by chance they'll oh yeah he's got that project yeah and then so every once in a while I might tweet a project um, mm-hmm. and I would tweet other teachers projects mm-hmm. um, sometimes you can do things like you know some people do gimmicky things like a two dollar challenge like mm-hmm. um, you know I challenge everyone to give one dollar um, to this or um, two dollars um, and a lot of people do it. Um, yeah. and it's just great. So I, I also imagine that, uh, your copywriting skills are important, you know, how, how you sell the idea and, you know, making it interesting and using a good photo caption of your students. Right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. You want to have really great visuals and you want to really, the thing is most of us are super passionate about what we do and we really, I mean, I don't know. I mean, how can your heart not be into this when you are, affecting someone's ability to communicate. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you just have to try to let that come out and, and not write like it's an annual report or progress <laughs> note. You know what I mean? You yeah, have to yeah. write that like, you know, my students have auditory processing challenges that, yeah. no, that's not what people want to hear. You have to really speak, you know, to the heart. Yeah, you need emotion. You need emotion. And, and I tell you, I, I, in that webinar, I talked about a, I ran across a project where an astronomy teacher put up this thing. He wanted to take his kids on a, uh, out into a field with a really great, powerful uh, telescope and, and look at the stars. And he had this very specific thing he wanted to do. And he talked about why he loves his field. And I couldn't help it. I had to give. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, it was just, it was inspiring. Yeah. It, it sound, now, just to that, that particular example, we're talking about, we're talking about projects a project could be goods or it could be a, like a field trip, correct? It could be an event, an experience. Absolutely. And that's what's really cool. So the, the way it works is that Donors Choose has a, uh, a points economy. And so when you sign up, uh, it's free to sign up and you get three points to, to spend. So if you do a project of up to $400, it costs you one point. And you could spend that on furniture, technology, supplies, um, all sorts of things. And they have a directory of vendors that includes Amazon, uh, Abilitations, um, Office Supply Places, Blick, um, Best Buy. I mean, some good names. Yeah. And what's really interesting that I found from posting my first project is that the vendors that they work with, like Amazon, will discount uh, their goods. Yes, so that's that's pretty cool. Like so, my project, for instance, uh, we wanted to purchase an extra um, iPad uh, for use as an AAC device, kind of a floater for trialing with different kids. And I looked at the price, you know, for the cost of an iPad, and we you know did this through Amazon, and everything is I don't know about I want to say maybe ten percent or fifteen. I don't know. I can't remember what it was, but uh, it was certainly cheaper than you would shell out to just buy this at a retail outlet. Yeah. Yeah. And then I've, I've really been lucky because I guess, um, um, I guess I got on the radar of the donors choose people and I got invited to a dinner. Um, 
And I got to meet some of the staff and they're amazing. I mean, this organization runs so well. It's really transparent. They, they show you what they're doing and they really make sure that they work with vendors. They do a lot of match offers so mm-hmm. that if you get someone to donate money and they put in a, a certain code, it will double the, their donation. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, so that's that's pretty stellar. Yeah, well, it's such a, such a great idea. Now, do you have an idea uh, how many SLPs use Donors Choose? I mean, do you know a lot of other SLPs personally? So I, so I have been in Boston. I am now being referred to as the the guru, and and I am spreading the word. Um, but I do a lot of um, professional development now for our speech pathologists on this subject because I don't know why you wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all need something. You should write a uh, an article for the Asha Leader. Oh, that's a really good idea. <laughs> I think it'd make a great topic. Uh, you know, I I spoke to I don't know if it was the editor, someone the last Asha convention last year, November two thousand thirteen. I was I remember speaking to someone at the in charge of the Asha Leader about ideas, and she said that they're always looking for new writers. And uh, I believe you can go on the website. And there's guidelines for how to submit. So I know I think that'd be a great article for them. I I'm on it. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. What a great idea. Yeah. And it's also just, a, you know, I think a great way to get your name out too, just like sure. this podcast. So no, that, that's awesome. Um, boy, so any, okay. So any last tips that I, I might've forgotten about uh, donors choose? I think you gave us some good stuff today. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I guess the, the trick really is that you, you want to create a project that's as thematic as possible, but it doesn't have to be the, yeah. I've done projects that were, I mean, sort of thematic. I've done projects for back to school and, and included in that hand sanitizer and tissues, um, you know, things like that, just necessities. Yeah. Um, always be your first donor. And I recommend, you know, even if you're not in the Facebook or Twitter, starting uh, an account for you as a therapist so that you can connect to other therapists because they're they're going to be a great resource and um in Facebook, there are groups uh, of teachers just for donors choose. Okay. They, they share ideas. They um, trade donations. So they'll say, if I'll put $5 on your project if you put $5 on mine. Oh, nice. And that gives you a, a unique uh, donor. Yeah. Um, and, and they'll tweet for you and they'll just, they'll just be cheerleaders for you and help get, help get you funded. Now, okay. Other question is donors choose is a worldwide organization or are we talking only North America? So as far as I uh, know, it's in the United States and it's just public school um, teachers. Okay. Do you and ever get I, international donors? Uh, no, I can't say that I have. Okay. I just wondering if they're, I mean, I, I would imagine something like this would be popular all over the world. Well, I mean, there are some crowdfunding uh, websites that do that. Yeah. So, I'm sure. you know, Kickstarter and GoFundMe and, and those yeah. other ones. And I've known teachers that have used some of those and had success too. Okay. Very yeah. cool. All right. Well, thank you, Tom, for being a guest on the show today. My pleasure. Um, before you go, can you just give me, where can people find you on the web as far as your bio, information about you and uh, your practice? Uh, well, I have a website, which is www.soundpractice.org. Okay. Um, that's my private practice. And on Donors Choose, I am Mr. Shull. So donorschoose.org slash Mr. Period Shull, S-H-U-L-L. Okay. So do you have any current projects right now? Uh, 
I do. Thank you for asking. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I have a couple projects that um, involve um, bringing in um, reading and literacy into speech therapy sessions, which I'm just super excited about. Okay. Well, I'll, yeah. have, to, I'll have to check those out. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks again so much. And um, perhaps we can have you on back another time. Talk about accent modification some more. That would be great. I'd love it. All right. Thanks a lot. Thank you. All right. Well, that's it for today's episode. I want to thank my guest, Tom Scholl, for taking the time out of his busy schedule to talk about Cute Speech, Donors Choose, and Mel Gibson. Uh, you can go to the website at conversationsandspeech.com to look at the show notes, links, and all that other wonderful stuff, and my, my occasional uh, block spots included. You can email me at jeffandconversationsandspeech.com, or you can try to go ahead and leave a comment right on the show page, and I will hopefully do my best to moderate that. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you guys soon.